Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. Amen. So... I know everything tells us that this is Christmas, but actually we're in Advent. The season of the church is Advent. Christmas season doesn't really start till Christmas. This is the leading up to Christmas. This is the, the preparing ourselves, the preparing our hearts, the, the uh, anticipation of remembering what it was like for, for the world to welcome in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, in, in the form of a baby. So we are in the season of Advent, and we're starting the series called A Thrill of Hope. It's one of those lines from one of those great songs that we sing. And this is really this anticipation. This is that Advent. This is that, that, that anticipation of the thrill of, of what's to come. And, and today as we start this, and we're, we're talking about this in all of our worship services today, uh, we're talking about this idea of being reconciled to God. It's really difficult for us to be people who are anticipating the, the, the son, the, the, the birth of the son, and, and, and not be reconciled to God in the process. Um, why would we be so uh, anticipating such an event if we weren't in a, in a place of reconciliation with God? And so one of the things that I think is really important for us as we are in this Advent season, this, this building up, this anticipation leading to Christmas that we stop and consider, each one of us today, we stop and say, am I reconciled with God? Are there things, is there something I'm holding back? Is there this, is there something I haven't addressed? Is there this, this um, huge thing, or maybe a whole bunch of little things, or maybe that one just thing that won't go away, that I have not reconciled with God? Am I reconciled with others? It's really hard to be reconciled with others if we're not reconciled with God. That's why I made that first, by the way. Am I reconciled with others? Or is there something? Is there a relationship that's broken? Is there a situation that's going on? And I am not, I'm not living in a place of reconciliation. This is the time, folks, for us to consider this and address this. This is the time of the year in the church calendar, in the life of Christ, when, you know, we have this beautiful opportunity as people who live on this side of the covenant you know, because of Jesus, we kind of, God gives us a view of the whole thing. You know, we, we get to see it all. It's, it's almost hard to talk about Christmas and not remember Easter, right? It's kind of hard to not, not understand the, the beauty of, of Christmas without remembering what happened on Good Friday. You know, we get to see this whole picture. And so, I say this every year. I think anyone who has a microphone and, and is a pastor or a Christian leader says this every year around this time, let's don't just jump to Christmas. Let's remember the anticipation. Let's remember the thrill of hope. And in this process of preparing, we need to prepare our hearts as well. Reconciliation. In Luke chapter 2, we find this going on. That night there were shepherds Staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Let's don't gloss over that, folks. When's the last time that happened to you? Suddenly, you're just doing your job. 
You're just doing what you've done over and over and over and over again. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared. That's really how I should have read that. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. When's the last time you saw that? I don't know if I can recall. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Rightfully so, they were terrified. But the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of my glory. Don't be afraid of my radiance. Don't be afraid of me showing up and what you've been doing over and over and over again and now now you find me. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He said, I bring you. This is why you're not to be afraid. I'm bringing you good news. I'm bringing you good news that will bring great joy, not minimal joy, not a little bit of joy, not a maybe you'll feel better. No, this will bring great joy to all people. Not a couple, not the most worthy, not the most religious, not the richest, not the most privileged. Don't be afraid because I'm bringing you really good news that will be, that will be a cause of great joy for all people. This is what happened here. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but have you ever thought that, you know, the first people who got the news about the baby, who got this good news about the Messiah, the the great reconciler, have you ever thought that these people, to hear about it, they were just a group of shepherds working the graveyard shift in the middle of the night? I mean, if you had made up a list of worthy people to receive this initial broadcast, would they have made your list? It wouldn't have made mine. I mean, I could have thought of some other people. I could have thought, but no, here here are these people in the middle of the night. and And I wonder if this grand announcement were to be made today, if this grand announcement were to come to the world today, like it was in that time, would would God show up in the you know, in, in the middle of, of the night at a truck stop somewhere on I-75 to some, some lady working behind the counter, you know, selling cigarettes and beer and five-hour energy drinks. and Is, is that where that would come? I, I kind of picture that, you know, like maybe the Waffle House worker, you know. Like, the, that, that's the, this is the where, where he, you know, shows up. Here's good news. And, and I think who God shows up to in this story that we know, I think it's really important. I don't think we should look past that. I think it's really important that God chose to show up to, to these guys, you know, the third shift guys in the middle of the night. I think there's something about that. Um, but what he came to tell them is even more important. The message he brought was of most importance. Um, you know, and some might wonder, I'm sure the shepherds did. I'm sure if it were you just doing what you're doing that you do every day and suddenly the radiance of the Lord appeared, the glory in the form of an angel showed up, you might wonder, as I would, why me? Why? Why me? Why, why us? You know, could you see the shepherds looking at each other going, why did, why did that just happen? Why us? Why did, why did the angel, why did the Lord pick us? Why would we be the ones that God told about this amazing miracle? 
And I want us to look at a couple of reasons today because they're, they're true today as well. So no, maybe the angel hasn't descended upon you in the middle of the night or in the middle of what you've been doing, but the message is still the same and I want you to hear it today and put yourself in the position of those shepherds. Put yourself there. Maybe even right now you're saying, why would he show up and tell me this? Well, here's a few reasons why. Jesus, over and over and over again, comes to the unsuspecting. I mean, he did it right there with the shepherds. This, this seems to be just a key ingredient of, of, how, of, of how God chooses people. The least, the least suspecting, the ones that aren't looking for it. They don't, they don't see it coming. You know, um, if you were to read the whole story in Luke of this, of this thing, um, you know, there's Uncle um, Zechariah you know, the father of John the Baptist. And, and here's Uncle Zechariah and, and Aunt Elizabeth, and, and they're just counting the days till retirement, okay? They're just like, oh, I can't wait to go to the beach. You know, they're just counting down the time, and then, surprise, you're gonna have a baby, and he's gonna be the one that's gonna declare the way for the Lord. Totally unsuspecting. You've got Mary, and she's the mother of Jesus, a teenager, and engaged to someone else, and then, surprise, you're going to be, you are going to be the key player in ushering in this new life. Surprise, unsuspecting. Jesus comes to the unsuspecting. You know, so that's one of the reasons he does this time and time again. Not only that, but he shows up to the unqualified. None of the people in the Gospel of Luke were qualified for Jesus' presence. Um, but what does that even mean? Because are any of us? I mean, anyone in here want to stand up today and say, oh yeah, totally qualified, bring it. No, he, he shows up to the unqualified. The, the first thing that the key players in the Christmas story thought when they were told that Jesus was going to be coming into their lives you know what they thought? They were reasons why they shouldn't be a part of it. I mean, you look, there's you know, AARP Uncle Zechariah, right? And he's sitting there, and he says, you can read it in Luke, when he's told that he's going to be a father again, he goes, but I'm an old man. I'm not qualified for this. Mary herself, when she's told that she's going to be the mother of the Messiah, she, has to, she, she makes a pretty good point here about not being qualified. She goes, but I'm a virgin, <laughs> That's about as unqualified as you can be to have a baby. <laughs> Nobody ever feels qualified. Nobody feels qualified at this. The shepherds, you know, the, you know, the Waffle House workers, the, the convenience store cashier, the third shift crew, they, they surely didn't feel qualified. But what happened is, is they were made worthy by being chosen. They were being made worthy because, because God appeared to them. He revealed himself to them. That's how you and I get qualified. It's because God chooses us. Okay, Jay, glad you're here, girl. So, so we, you know, we miss some of this Christmas story's power if, if we neglect and really, because see, a lot of us have heard this story. I mean, we know this story. We tell the story. We read the story. We hear the story. We, we know the story. But we, we neglect to see that, that the shepherds were these unsuspecting, totally unqualified people. They would also say that they were undeserving to be part of this grand, epic story. And yet God chose them anyway. So, so why the unsuspecting? Why the unqualified? And this is really the crux of it all. And it's the message that the angel said. 
Jesus is sent for all people. Jesus has come for all people. Now, you might be sitting there today going, boy, I sure am glad I'm part of that all people. But there's a chance you might be going, I'm not sure if I'm all people. There's also another chance that you're going, I know some people and I don't know if they should be included in the all people. No, Jesus came for all people. And, and if you're wondering who the all is, look in the mirror later. Look around you later. Ask God to recall the names of the people that you really don't like a little bit later. Those are the all people. And he came for all of these people. And this much is made clear in the story of, of in the nativity in, in Luke chapter 2. You know, uh, J.D. mentioned it. We're going to end just a few minutes early because every year, the first Sunday of December, our kids, uh, nursery through, I think, second grade, dress up. And they, they reenact the nativity. There's a narrator, and he reads, and the kids try to follow along. And it's a beautiful, messy rendition of, of this account in Luke 2. But isn't that us? Aren't we a beautiful, messy rendition of Luke 2? Because we're the all people. Jesus was sent for all people. And if Jesus is sent for all people, then, then Jesus was sent for you. And when you think about it, he came for those whose expectations are, are not panning out the way people thought, whose, whose lives have changed, those people. He, he, he came for those who are physically in pain right now. He came for those people, for, he, for the people that feel as if life has just shot right on by and they're wondering where it went and what happened. For those people. He came for people who are, in fact, afraid. Even though he says, don't be. He came for those who need, need, desperately need good news. He came for those, all people. He came for those who are in such a hurry. You know, I think, um, you know, one of the reasons that Jesus showed up when he did to those shepherds, if you ever want to see the world move at a slower pace, get in your car and drive around the city about three o'clock in the morning. Everything's just a little bit slower. You know, I think there was a reason he chose the, the middle of the night, the third shift guys to show up to because the world was at rest to some degree. I think he brings us, when he says he brings us peace, he's a God that also wants to bring us rest. We're so, so, so busy. He came for those who are in a hurry, and he came to those, all people, regardless of circumstance. Far away from him, close to him, calling out his name, cursing his name. He came for all people. All. Everyone. So Jesus was sent for us, okay? We, we're, we're catching this, I hope. But he came for a purpose, not just so we would have a, a pretty story to tell, not so that we would buy gifts. He came so that we, you and I, each and every one of us, would be reconciled to God. You, you might hear me say this a lot, you know, this, this bridging of the gap. There was God and then there were people. There was God and there was his creation. There was God and the people he wanted to call sons and daughters and yet living so separate and so apart because of sin. And he wanted to bridge the gap. He wanted to reconcile this broken relationship. Jesus 
is the one who brings that reconciliation. We don't bring the reconciliation. We, we don't. Our, our, our um, best efforts don't bring reconciliation. Our attendance, our giving, our prayers, that doesn't bring reconciliation. Only Jesus brings reconciliation. Think about this. In Jesus coming to us in the form of a baby to, to start this adventure he was about to go on, God came closer to you and me. In Jesus coming, God got closer to us. And we need reconciliation, folks. The world that we live in needs reconciliation. God, God longs for us. You don't reconcile. God doesn't reconcile with us because he can't stand us. No, he reconciles with us through Jesus because he longs for us. He longs to be in relationship with us. He loves us. He loves you. See, and again, some of you right now are going, man, I'm so glad he loves me. But then some of you are going, I don't really know if he does. And at the same time, you might be going, and I can name a few people I don't think he loves either. See, this reconciliation is not, it's a, it's a big thing. It's a communal thing. It's not just a singular deal, me and God. God, yes, he wants to be reconciled with you as a person, but he also wants to be reconciled with the people in your life. He might, there's a really good chance that he wants you to be the messenger of reconciliation. See, he comes to reconcile. Even though we might push God away, even though we, we might be blind to God's grace and, and how he's working and the wonder of it all, he still desires to be reconciled to us. We, he longs for us, and in Jesus, what, he, what God does is he makes reconciliation possible. Jesus is the key to this. And so I, I leave you with these thoughts that I've already kind of dropped in there for you. Hopefully you're already considering them. But if you haven't already, would you please, please consider being reconciled with God through Jesus Christ? There is no greater peace, no greater hope, no greater comfort, no, no greater answer to the questions in your life than Jesus. Jesus. He came to make a way. And in this season of Advent, we celebrate the coming of Christ who made that reconciliation possible with God. So we're able to say yes to Jesus. Yes, yes. And know that in that reconciling, our sins are forgiven. Our wrongdoings, our, our you know, the greatest hits or not so greatest hits get covered over. by Jesus Christ. So embrace, I ask you to embrace this reconciliation today. And I also ask you this, to consider. I mean, really consider. And don't assume that I'm just talking to someone else right now. Being reconciled to others. Are there other people that you need to reconcile with? that God wants to, to pour in his peace and forgiveness and, and, uh, and repair brokenness. Reconciled to God, reconciled to others. Boy, if that's not the best Christmas you would ever have, I don't know what it is. The good news is this, that Jesus Christ was sent to the world so that you and I 
to be reconciled with God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that today I am reminded again in a story that's so very familiar. Not not just to me, not just because I happen to do this for a living, but because it is a story that even people that don't even have anything to do with church know this story. They know these words. They, They know about the angels appearing, and they know about the shepherds. They know all this. But, oh God, for us to embrace it and to take it in and to recognize that the story is for us, to recognize that, that all we got to do is put on the shepherd's cloak and stand in that field in the middle of the night, and there we are, and it's us, and it's you showing up to us in all your radiance and all your glory, saying, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you really good news. God, my prayer for all of us in here this morning is that we would just be willing recipients of the good news today. That we would recognize the reconciliation made possible between us and you because of Jesus. And we would let that, that reconciled life actually start to come to life and it would affect the relationships with those around us that we would be people who seek reconciliation with others because it glorifies you, it glorifies your son. God, the very, the very knowledge of, of knowing that in us going to another person and seeking reconciliation, it might be the very last step that someone needed to take to be reconciled with you. I pray that we would be people of your word. We would be people of your hope. We would be people of your reconciliation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldasa.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends.